0: Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manicker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. Heffel is Canada's leading auction house. They're having their fall sales on Thursday, November 26th. Those sales feature three major works by Loren Harris. There's been a lot of interest in Harris recently, since Steve Martin organized a show the Hammer Museum in Los Angeles. We'll get to a discussion of those Harris works at the end of the podcast, but first, I spoke to Robert Haffel about the Canadian art market and their decision a few years ago to break up their sales into fine Canadian work and post-war work.
1: By the 2000s, we started to recognize that, uh, you know, the post-war contemporary art market was a growing was a growing field, and um, and that um, we thought it was important to divide the two sessions to, and that was really in line with the international auction houses, um, you know, the, the, uh, impressionist sales and then the post-war sales. So the impressionist being more turn of the century up into world war two and then, and then the post-war. So it's really, a a recognition of, of the Canadian art market maturing and, um, recognizing that, um, Canadian post-war and contemporary was a valid, um, a valid, you know, growth area, but also um, an important, um, an important market. So, and then more recently, what we've done is we've now in that catalog sale, uh, which was in the spring, Canadian post-war and contemporary. Art, we've we've called this we've we've it's post-war and contemporary art. So it's still predominantly Canadian artists, but we had a goal of. Um, important international post-war artists and we sort of set a dollar value of uh, we were looking for important pieces a hundred thousand dollars and above if they were under a hundred thousand and it was a uh, determination of quality and importance if it was an interesting piece you know we would take things under a hundred thousand so we recognize in canada uh you know we have clients that want to buy canadian post-war and contemporary but they also want to buy international post-war and contemporary art. and then of course we have outside of Canada as well. And then you could also take it further. you know these artists, Riappel and Bourgeois and Alex these Canadian artists, they weren't working in a vacuum by then. They were all interconnected with with what was happening in Paris and New York. So it was a natural progression for us.
0: But the pre-war works remain the more, you know, predominantly valuable. I mean, obviously there there are certain, several works in the um, post-war sale that are estimated in the five to $700,000 range. So that's a significant work of art, uh, no matter what category it is. But I presume the evening spot is preserved for the sense that the Lorraine Harris's and, uh, uh, you know, the pre-war war- works are the ones that are the most valuable in Canadian art.
1: Um, yes and no. I mean, it's as you know, it's driven by, you know, the consignments, the important masterpieces that we have consigned. So, for for example, this set, uh, we have the the three major uh, Lauren Harris canvases, which are or three Lauren Harris, or two are canvases. One's a um, oil and board that we call sketch, and sure, they're estimated over a million dollars, but. Um, and that's correct I mean in terms of the post-war there there are a number of really good pieces say under 50,000 I'm talking in Canadian dollars um,
0: so that's still real money it's still real money
1: um, you know we have had seasons where the post-war sale has surpassed the fine Canadian art sale um, in terms of this um, I think the breakdown the fine Canadian art pre-sale estimate probably is a little higher than the post-war, but they're pretty close. The total estimate, I mean, the, the, the we we really think of the sale as even though it's divided in two catalogs and two start times, we do think of it as as one sale in terms of the the total pre-sale estimates, 10 to 15,000. And, um,
0: 10 to 15 million, you mean?
1: 10 to 15 million. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, real money. Yes. Uh, and, and I notice I mean there there's significant Canadian works in that um, Colville uh, that's on the cover of the afternoon sa- sale as long as well as you know some reappels and uh, uh, other um, sort of big name recognizable works but that Colville is a is kind of a, a specific Canadian market or are there international buyers for his work?
1: There certainly are, in Coville's lifetime, he showed internationally with Fisher Fine Art in London. And this, the cover piece, Coville is consigned from uh, an important collector in Germany. So it's come back to Canada from Germany. Um, there are collectors for, um, uh, for Coville outside of Canada, but his market predominantly would today probably be mostly Canadian, Canadian collectors
0: and we're all still trying to assess the uh, impact of the Hammer Museum's uh, Lauren Harris show uh, and you have uh, uh, several works is is that relatively um uncommon for you to have this many Harris's in one sale
1: it's not uncommon for us to have 3 Lauren Harris's in one sale what's uncommon is to have even one major canvas let alone two major canvases uh, canvases by by group, you know, early canvases by group of seven members are becoming more and more rare in the marketplace. The Canadian museums have done a good job getting those type of paintings uh, donated to the museum. So, uh, you know, it's increasingly rare for um, a canvases by group of seven members and and Lauren Harris arguably being the most famous and the most important group of seven member um, so that you know that would be um, that would be the difference to have two major canvases in in one sale is extraordinary
0: and and i noticed there's also a tom thompson work as well
1: we're exactly we're very um very pleased and delighted to have um, the tom thompson that we uh, consigned to the sale and you know actually i mean this is this is an incredible auction this fall um uh to, with, with the breadth of um, historical Canadian art and the contemporary pieces, and certainly the Tom Thompson, which is documented in the catalog resume as the um, catalog resume and Tom Thompson's chronological, and this is the last entry in the catalog resume. So there's some speculation that this may be his his last painted last painting painted,
0: and and that uh, adds value.
1: Uh, We think we. I think so. Yeah, don't you?
0: I I never can tell. It's always funny. I mean, I hear all of this that the first and the last of a series and or you know of the catalog can be uh, valuable, but uh, you know the marketplace changes so much, and it's always so hard to tell uh, uh, (laughs) how people react to it.
1: I guess what I can say is um, when you think of Thompson's most, he really started getting his stride by 1916 but 1917 he was at the peak of his artistic power so that last year of his life 1917 those are his best paintings and that's probably that would that would be what would add the most value obviously would be that 1917 period which this painting dates from.
0: And and I, I guess it's worth mentioning that it's not he. This is not the last of a long life of work. This is the last of a work uh, of a life that was cut short. So uh, you know it's sort of mid stride. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, I also noticed that the sale begins with um, these works by Sybil Andrews. Uh, and I was wondering if you could tell me something more about them. The-
1: well, I mean, Sibyl Andrews is an amazing story in herself. We could spend we could spend the whole, however much time you've allotted to us to talk just about Sibyl Andrews. Sibyl Andrews is uh, part of the uh, Grosvenor School of um, Lionel cuts of the Machine Age. She was a um, a British artist who uh, was part of the Grosvenor School of Claude Flight and Cyril Power in the 1930s in London they produce some of the most dynamic, uh, interesting modern lino cuts done anywhere in the world. After world war, um, two, she immigrated to Canada. Um, and so Sib so, so Landers is a, is a, is a world famous artist who sells in, in Canada, obviously but in New York and London as well. She sells in Australia. They had a, um, Major uh, retrospective of the Grosvenor School at the Metro at the Met a few years back, and um, and the 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 piece they chose for the cover of the catalog for it was Sybil Andrews, and she's arguably of that Grosvenor School, the um, the best best of them, um, and uh, so she was a she was a really important artist. Their her most sought sought after works are are the are the line of the prints that she produced. In London in the 1930s, um, it, it's an it's an incredible story. She she immigrated to um, Canada after war. She came to um, Campbell River, and when you think it was a different that was 1946 or 47, and um, you know this is before the internet and things, and people lost touch with it. They thought she had they thought she had passed away, and Campbell River was sort of it's on the far east coast of Vancouver Island. It was—it's sort of in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and she was kind of rediscovered in the 1970s. And um, but her market's just grown and grown um, in the last 10 years.
0: And you guys, Heffel, have uh, participated in in growing that market.
1: Absolutely, she's been um, she's been a great. Um, a great artist for us over the years, and um, you know, we've sold Speedway for over a hundred thousand. Um, lot 101, which is the first lot of the Fine Canadian, Canadian Art Sale, is racing. Um, its pre sale estimate is 60 000 to 80 thousand. But I remember when we, you know, when we used to sell that print, well, this was a long time ago now, in 1999, 2000, was you know, it was about ten thousand dollars. The addiction of 60. Um, you know, a lot, again, a lot of her, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that image is in museums. Um, for example, the the MoMA owns Sibyl Andrews' prints. They have a copy of Speedway. They have a copy of Racing. Um, and she was a very, very important um, British Canadian artist. We we like to think of her as Canadian, but she was British and Canadian.
0: Well, can we talk a little bit about that? Uh, in recent years, you've been able to draw a, a much broader. Um, base of buyers from around the world to your sales. Yeah. Uh, and I'm presuming that's, uh, you know, something you're focusing on and continuing to do. It, are there particular Canadian artists that uh, the international buyers are are pursuing?
1: Well, Sybil Andrews certainly is one of them. It's no question. Um, she's an artist that's collected, very much collected internationally. Uh, you know, there's the obvious... The obvious uh, examples, such as Jean-Paul Riopelle. Um, I like to think we like to think that Riopelle's market's strongest in Canada, but certainly Riopelle sells in New York and Paris. Um, we've sold Coville's to European... Alex Coville's, the artist we touched upon earlier on the cover of the post-war catalog. We've sold Coville's to Europeans, but you know, over the years, we've sold a number of Group of Seven. Uh, paintings to Americans and Europeans we have some clients in Asia as well so um, and then you know beyond the group of seven of course um, Emily Carr is um, you know really um, Canada's most famous women artist. but um, you know we would argue that she's one of the most important North American women artists um, of the early 20th century and We've, um, we've had some very good clients for Emily Carr in, in the United States and um, American buyers. For and she re- Of course, she recently had the exhibition at the Dulwich Gallery in London, England. And so her, her um, global presence continues to rise.
0: Uh, uh, and we talked a little bit earlier about um Jack Hamilton Bush but uh, the, you know oh, right, he, yeah. he he seems to have uh broken out in the last few years especially with that um the Andy Williams sale uh 2 years ago right uh, uh, where where I mean I guess Andy Williams had a great eye and had great works but there were some extraordinary prices uh for his work and the the works you have in this current sale are 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 pretty strong
1: Absolutely. I mean, Jack Bush is a, a very good example of that, and he recently had a major retrospective at the National Gallery of Canada with um, with a phenomenal publication. So Jack Bush um, certainly has been has has certainly been on the rise, and that whole sort of comeback of color field painting of the '60s and '70s. And of course, in his lifetime, he was you know right there in the forefront of modern art.
0: Yes, and I and it's it's that interesting thing where um, I guess uh, uh, two generations ago a, a lot of Canadian art wasn't treated as Canadian art, uh, and now it's back to breaking out of the category of simply being Canadian art.
1: You know, we there's no question more and more we're seeing interest in Canadian art from outside of Canada. You know, we have more and more Asian immigrants into Vancouver and Toronto as well and so we have Asian buyers we also have um, you know clients in Hong Kong and Asia over the years that um, just have a connection to Canada would be the uh, would be the common denominator
0: and and I noticed there's a there's a Barbara Hepworth uh, uh, sculpture. Is that just sort of something that that wound up in Canada?
1: No, it's a good question. No, I think it's a piece. It was uh, consigned from an important Montreal collection, Montreal collector who um, they have other important international works, and um, and that fits into what I was talking about. Um, you know, wanting to expand our post-war and contemporary art to international pieces. This is exactly the type of Consignment we were looking for, and um, the connection would be in this case would be the, the consigner is has it's part of a, a larger important international collection. So there's collectors in Canada, obviously, for international works of art. I'd like to make a quick note here uh, on the Barbara Hepworth. The consigner proceeds from the sale of the Hepworth in the sale would benefit the Montreal Children's Hospital Foundation. So sort of a um, very positive uh, consignment for us.
0: There's been a concerted effort by a number of different dealers to rediscover a, a, a a variety of artists, whether it's some of the, you know, the Gutai painters or the Zero Group or some of the Italian works. There's, you know, the the rising art market has had the interesting and I think very positive effect of leading uh, people to seek value in other places. Uh, And there are a number of dealers who've made it sort of their specialty about shows showing the, you know, strength or quality of a particularly overlooked artist.
1: Uh, absolutely, and I think actually when we, we were talking, you were asking if there's increased interest in Canadian art. I think that's one reason why. So if you're if you're a collector who focuses on 50s modern, and you know you can think of the obvious obvious names, um, you know American names or or French names or obvious examples such as Jean Paul Riopelle. But then other so people are looking at other artists such as Paul Emile Bourgeois, who was a Canadian artist who left Canada and lived in New York for a while and then moved to Paris. So Boudoir fits into that. We touched upon, um, Jack Bush, Jack Bush fits into that. So uh, you, when we think of the growth of Canadian art outside in Canada I and mean, outside of Canada, it's also people looking for, uh, some other names and other value. And in Canadian art, another reason why Canadian art is, um, well, we think it's, I mean, think of the dollar, our dollar right now, um, You know, for American collectors, it's worth 30% off. Yeah. And that's what's also um, partially driving our real estate as well for outside buyers.
0: Well, I I guess that's part of why I was sort of asking is, uh, you know, people who are aware of the... Uh, Quality of art that's in Canada, knowing that this um, currency inversion—I mean, it's only two, three years ago Mm -hmm. that the Canadian dollar was at par with the U.S. dollar. That's right. uh, That that uh, you know are are using that as an opportunity to look for uh, you know the kinds of items that they might be able to uh, get a hold of.
1: Absolutely, and then we go back and uh, well, this Lauren Harris exhibition at the Hammer Museum is. It's um, you know that that is um, it's a a, as you know it's it's a major museum and uh, it's a major exhibition. We went down to the show by the way. It was phenomenal.
0: Oh, so uh, you guys spent some time there.
1: We spent we had we always have fun when we go um, down to you know we went to London for the Emily Carr show. More recently, we went to the um, uh, Harris. Exhibition went to the Gal in the Garden, the um, annual fundraising party that the Hammer Museum does. It was really a special event. And then, of course, they had the Harris exhibition on um, at the same time.
0: No, I mean, it's it's uh, been so focused on the celebrity of the curator. Uh, I think it's been gratifying for everyone to see the response to the art has been uh, even stronger than the first um you know publicity value uh, uh of it and it seems people are are uh, paying a lot more attention and that's why your sale i think is going to be fairly interesting in a broader international sense that people are now aware of this artist and
1: it's certainly great timing to have the uh, two uh well three three major works uh, by harris this fall and then but two of them being canvases and as i as i Noted. I mean, the canvases are becoming more and more rare to the market. We, we hold the record for Lauren Harrison auctions: 3.5 million dollars. The um, the Old Stump Lake Superior, which was in the exhibition, but that was a 12 by 15 oil painting, um, which is the um, the small oil on boards that the Group of Seven did. They were look. I mean, that was a that sketch, as we call it, a small painting, was a very important painting and. Um, but it wasn't the it wasn't the large canvas.
0: Do you feel like the, the there'll be a price that beats that um, record price sometime soon? Do you think that this you know uh, the show and the visibility will help drive uh, either uh, the kind of work on the market that would achieve the price, or just the demand that would uh, uh, bring other works up uh, above that price?
1: You know, um, the, as I as we as we as I said the. Um, the three works we have this this fall are extraordinary. They're um, you know the um, 1917 large snow scene canvas, uh, which is on the cover of our catalog, is just a phenomenal, phenomenal painting. And then the Rocky Mountain uh, piece um, from 1930. Again, it's a phenomenal piece. And then the urban scene sketch. Um, uh, the the pre, our estimates are conservative so the the Rocky mountain piece is estimated at 1 million to 1.5 million the the snow scene canvas is um, 1.2 to 1.6 million and the um, the in the ward sketches I believe it's five to seven hundred thousand with you know those estimates are conservative I guess you're asking me when, when's the record going to be right you know I uh, these are really extraordinary examples of his work and you know we uh, as any auction house our we struggle for great consignments, and it's just it's you know more and more paintings are going into museums and private collections, and and um, so it's been a process. For example, Mountain and Glacier, the Harris Mountain and Glacier, the um, is a very good collector. We've known him for a long time, and we've we've kept in touch for a long time. But he he acquired that painting in 1964 from G. Blair Lang. It was Uh, you know sort of Canada's most important art dealer and um, Blair Lang's no longer um, no longer with us but so you know collectors haven't had the opportunity to buy that uh, Rocky Mountain canvas since 1964 and then the other thing to keep in mind which is was sort of surprising when you know when we went through our records we didn't realize this is our 20th anniversary of doing auctions in Canada we've never had a Rocky Mountain harris canvas in auction we've had rocky mountain sketches we've had um you know the decorative snow scene canvases we've had um uh, lake superior canvases we've had um we've had arctic canvases which are all equally rare but we were we were surprised this is the first uh rocky mountain canvas that we've had come to auction and um so I guess the answer to your question is we're very, uh, we're very excited about these paintings.
0: Well, I guess that's a, a good place to end because it gives us something to you know pay attention to and look forward to. The, <laughs> the sales on November 26th?
1: The sales on November 26th. We finished up uh, two previews now we're heading up to. We previewed the paintings in Vancouver first. We just finished a preview in Montreal. And our preview here in Toronto starts this Saturday and then the auctions Thursday, November 26th.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for leading us through it all. It's been fascinating. Okay, great. Thank you for listening to the Artelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com.